0: Faithful, it's Maddie keywoman and welcome to episode 18 of the game plan. Week 18 is a wild week. No if and or buts about it. Not many season-long championships are taking place, but there are some. And DFS can be straight bonkos because backups are in. Regardless, gang, let's start game planning for the wacky week 18. Before we dive into the episode, I just wanted to say and say on the game plan that, you know, just continue to root for DeMar Hamilton and Peyton Hillis. You know, Peyton Hillis, over the last couple of days, we heard he he saved his kids from drowning and in doing so, he's in critical, critical condition. So, you know, I just want to give all my love, my hope, my prayers, uh, my positive vibes to DeMar Hamilton and Peyton Hillis. Uh, the news has been great about well, both, especially DeMar Hamilton, you know, being able to FaceTime his teammates is honestly just gives you like, the, it gets you all excited to to hear about his recovery and what he's up to. So just want to send my love, my prayers, and my good vibes to Peyton Hillis and DeMar Hamilton. So let's get into the show. Peyton, you know, maybe week 18, doesn't matter. We still got to go over injuries. There's a lot more going on than just injuries, but let's cover the injuries because if they're not on the field, they can't help you in DFS or if you are playing for anything in Week 18. Tua Tungvaluwa missed practice and will miss the final regular season game with that concussion probably for the better. Lamar Jackson will not make his routine. Whether it's a statement or the injury, he is now going to miss a, ha- a large amount of games heading into the playoffs. Justin Fields is almost out as the Bears sneakily try to get that one oh one in the NFL draft. James Conner has been ruled out. And fellow running back Brian Robinson is also out for Week 18. Here are the guys that got in some limited practices. Tyler Lockett, he is questionable, is expected to play. At a-, a shin injury happened last week. Jacoby Myers is also questionable, but he is expected to play. Uh, He's been playing on that injured shoulder, so why not make another go at it in Week 18? Jalen Hurts is trending in the right direction, according to head coach, to play in Week 18 as they try to lock up that a- NFC East title and that number one seed in the playoffs. Here are the full practice participants. Hollywood Brown is not on the final injury report. Justin Herbert will play, but maybe not for long. Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel will return this week. CMC is not on the injury report, but I'd have a little trepidation of using him in any meaningful Matchups this week with Mitchell being back, Samuel being back, trying to get him warm. Mitchell acclimated before the playoffs, and McCaffrey having that minor ankle injury. I don't see him really playing a whole whole lot. And let's go a little rapid fire to end it all: Jalen Waddle, Ken Walker, Christian Watson, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, Deontay Johnson, and Dawson Knox are all off their teams' injury reports and will play. Now, how will they play? That's what we're going to talk about. So, in today's show, week eighteen. We are game planning for the craziness of week 18, whether that be a championship, you know, there may be some championships going on this week that wasn't scheduled in the beginning part of the year. Uh, I've seen leagues in which they're taking their uncertainty that may have happened in week 17 due to the canceled game on Monday Night Football, and they're rolling it right into week 18, whether it just be Bengals or Bills players or entire roster showdowns. So there is worth game planning. And, of course, there's DFS and prop bets and a whole lot of stuff that we can take out of this and navigate our way through what a wacky week 18 usually presents. So I have a handful of rules, handful of tips, some advice Uh, that i'd like to share with everyone watching and listening first tip first trade first piece of advice let's go number one be overly aware of teams specific playoff scenario or pick slot uh so how does this all translate into use how can we use this to game plan Uh, well, we got to see what teams may be resting their starters or their star players or their bench, whatever they're going to be doing. However, they're game game planning and getting ready to uh, present Week 18. We have to use that information to go ahead and do what's best for our fantasy teams, our DFS slams, what have you. So let's go over uh, specifically in my belief of what teams need to win, what teams will at least give an effort, teams that probably won't give much of an effort, in my thoughts on eliminated teams. So. Basically, here are the teams that need to win, and I'm giving these guys tiebreakers, even elevating them in my overall ranks, uh, like Jackson and Tennessee. That game is on Saturday, so by the time you're hearing, you may already have this result. But if you're here live or catching the podcast right as it releases, you can still have some time to game plan for the Saturday matchups in Jacksonville and Tennessee. They're going to go for it. They both need a win to make the playoffs, so they are going to go at it full, going to go hog wild. They're going to get after it. So you're going to want to play those players. Detroit and Green Bay that game is on Sunday night it'll end the entire regular season even though Detroit may not be playing for a playoff spot uh, I still think they're going to give it their all and that's actually going to be covered in another tip later or a few minutes from now Uh, and Green Bay obviously they're getting ready for playoffs so they are going to play hard so I imagine they are going to go ahead and 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 put their best foot forward play their best guys some other matchups you know seattle versus the Rams. seattle needs to win the rams really they don't have their own pick so they're going to be playing their starters they don't really have like their long-term starters they're playing baker mayfield and all that so i imagine cam Akers, tyler higby van jefferson those guys will play and they'll play the entire extent of the game and of course seattle tyler lockett geno smith ken walker uh, dk metcalf those guys are all going to be useful this week in week 18 at least i believe baltimore and cincinnati Again, not only is it a divisional rival, it's a divisional game. Cincinnati is trying to get that extra win to give them the best case for a highest seed in the playoffs. And Baltimore needs to win to stay in. So they are going to be giving as playing as hard as they can. Mark Andrews, uh J.K. Dobbins. They will I expect them to play pretty much the whole game. Cincinnati, uh, it's a little bit more delicate, but I imagine they're going to go you know, put all their players in, I think they're going to try to win. They, you know, uh, they'd lose pretty much a whole game in their schedule. So they want to get their guys warm and ready for the playoffs. But if they get uh, out ahead and start blowing out the Ravens, you know, they're kicking the shit out of them, you know, it is what it is. They may end up sitting guys like T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, even. So you probably, if you need to play them, I'm not super, super nervous, but, there is a case to be made that they will sit some starters now Miami uh they need to win uh, you know not only is there rumors that McDaniel might lose his job um uh, they're going to want to win they need to win to try to keep themselves in the playoff picture uh and so I think they will be obviously playing to with their full capabilities of winning they are starting Skylar Thompson Skylar oh that sucks but you know if you have a uh, one of the running backs or one of their nasty receivers. You're going to, want to play them in New England. Again, New England is in the hunt at eight and eight. They are trying to get in the playoffs. Currently they have the seventh seed, so they need a win to get in, to stay in that playoff. So they're going to play their guys. So if you have Ramondre or uh, Jacoby Myers, fire them up. I, I fully expect them to play this week. Now here are some teams that I think that will give an effort, but there is a very, very, very short leash in terms of how long they will play Kansas City. Uh, Buffalo, they're kind of on the same boat where they want to win. They want to put their best foot forward as the one seed and go in with the highest seed possible into the playoffs. But if they start routing their opponents, and let's face it, Buffalo going to be charged up. You know they are doing everything they can to support Demar and just represent the Buffalo Bill family, the fans, him, his family, so they could get him and kick the shit out of the Patriots. Let's call this bit. They could, they could at home. So they may pull guys in the in early in the second half it's possible same thing with the chiefs you know they're almost 10 point favorites on on the road indoors in vegas if they create a boat race and just get up and start smashing on the raiders they could start yanking their starters especially their older ones early philadelphia they need a win to get that number one seed to get the nfc north title NFC, nfc east title sorry so they are playing, and they are planning on playing their starters and a guy coming back from injury in Jalen Hurts. If he's good to go, they are going to play him because they want to lock this up. But they are playing the New York football Giants, who have already locked up their seed, locked up their playoff berth. They have already been stated that they won't play their starters. So Philly could get out, early could get out to a big lead and then start pulling their guys as soon as that game's in the bag. And because of that, Dallas is kind of in the same boat. They're gonna to want to win. They have a chance to win the East title to get themselves a better seed. But let's face it, if they get up and start smashing out on the commanders, they're probably gonna start pulling their guys, especially their vets. So that could be in a situation where you're gonna to want to be okay with playing, but let's be a little let's be a little bit careful. You gotta be careful. And the last team is the Niners. The Niners are home favorites by two touchdowns. So the Cardinals, they want to win. They want. I would imagine they want to continue to go into the playoffs with that number two seed. Uh, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to fall down to three. Because uh, cons- the the Vikings, the Vikings, are, we'll talk about them in a second. But I th- I think the the Niners will p- play their stars, but guys like CMC Kittle, I could see them being sat pretty quickly if the game gets out of hand. So they, those teams, the guys from those teams is obviously some some big dogs. Uh, you know, this hurts. Get an MVP shout out to you, Jason for mentioning it in the chat if they win probably but that doesn't mean they can he can get two touchdowns by half and they can have a you know their defense gets a pick six or up three scores and it's shut down mode in the second so there are still scenarios in which i'm being a little nervous but if you are if i'm not necessarily benching these guys because of the matchup now guys i am flat out not looking to use that is the chargers players if baltimore loses that locks up the fifth seed Uh, They're very interested in that. We'll talk about it in a second. So if Baltimore loses, which I imagine they would, I don't really see them beating the Cincinnati Bengals then the Chargers are going to hit the brakes pretty quickly, and I could see them resting a whole bunch of starters uh, early in that game, especially now with uh, Herbert coming up on the injury report. You know, Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen have dealt with their injuries. Austin Eckler, uh, they wanted, they've given him a million touches. All those guys could be sat super quick, so I'm just avoiding if uh, Baltimore loses altogether. Tampa Bay, same scenario. They've locked up their playoff seating. They've locked their game in. They're talking about using a bunch of different quarterbacks once they say Brady. I'm staying away from uh those guys pretty much all together now there are incentives and we're going to talk about those in a second here and we'll, we'll we'll get to that actually in a minute but so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get too ahead of myself but tampa bay players are staying away i don't want to play them in minnesota same thing uh they're they're just i i, I have a strong inkling they're, they don't they don't want their guys uh most of this game so um that's kind of kind of go through all those teams now the eliminated teams how do you Go about the eliminated teams um, unless there's a clear reason to lose and we'll talk about those i'm playing them. i'm going to kind of take it at face value most of their game plans over the last month or so i imagine they'll stick to it to most of the most of the game and i don't perceive much um, handling with kid gloves or pumping the brakes early so those eliminated teams that are that you're looking about i'm going to kind of take it at face value uh you know some may burn you but i think overall it's worth just kind of Take with what you think of them, what they, they are who they thought we were, you know, whatever we, that quote is that Mr. Green said after the game. Oh, that was bad. Sorry. Uh, anyway, now let's talk about the teams that could actually benefit from losing the Bears. If the Bears lose in and the, and the Texans win, we're going to talk about them. They get the one overall pick and what they can do with that is so franchise changing, in my opinion. So I absolutely see them uh, trying to lose that game. And that that brings me to Indy versus Houston. Um, Houston. Has been winning games recently. They've been playing a whole lot better. Indy looks terrible. They have right now the, top, the number five pick. I absolutely think they're going to throw all their tanking game, all their tactics that they can for get tanking out will be on the table and in full use. Uh, so I think that the Indianapolis Colts are going to try so hard to lose, and the Houston Texans won't try enough to lose. They end up winning, which could give Cleveland or Chicago the number one overall pick. So, oh. I don't think that any of those three teams are looking to win. And because of that, I don't think I want to use them if money is on the line in any capacity in Week 18. The next tip of it, the nice little piece, little tip or the advice, I should say, about navigating through Week 18 is differentiate good from bad experiments. So what I mean by that, let's talk about specifics. Washington letting Sam Howell, or should I say Tyler Hennigke, letting Sam Howell have an open trial in Week 18, that's a good one. That's one you want to use. Uh, we've I'll actually will actually talk a lot about Sam Howell here uh, later in the show, so stick around for that. But that's a good experiment. That's something we're exciting about, uh, excited about uh, using in, in fantasy for week 18. And now let's talk about a bad experiment. Something you don't really want to stick to. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers using multiple quarterbacks when they sit Brady. So if you're looking like, hey, I can use Blaine Gabbert in dfs or i can you know hit attack his prop bets or i can use him whatever the case may be they're also saying kyle trask in the play. so that's an experiment That's a bad one for fantasy purposes so stay away from it and another example of a good experiment is josh mcdaniels getting another look at jared stidham coincidentally both those quarterbacks are in the bargain bin which we will get to of course we gotta get a bargain bin in week 18 but those are two examples of quarterbacks getting good experiments, getting good tryouts by their team. You want to, you want to be okay with that and for fantasy purposes. Tampa Bay quarterback situation, let's, let's go ahead and avoid that if we can. The next bit of advice for navigating week 18 is you've got to be extra diligent reading through media statements. This is something that I particularly uh, lean on my man Jack Cavanaugh. I'll play a profiler tonight. He's so good at going through the dailies on this network seven days a week. Also, sidebar, repping the Joey Harrington lucky jersey. That is in reference to the latest episode of the Writers' Roundtable on Seth, our editor's YouTube channel, where me and Jack and Aditya all sat down with Seth to talk about fantasy football. Check that out uh, today. So I'm rocking this for Jack, my man Jack. Shout out to you. Okay, so you got to be extra diligent, extra diligent about reading through those statements. Using Jack Cavanaugh as a as, as a tool to help you stay up to beat because these coaches kind of give tells this time of the year they say things that they don't typically say they kind of dive in a little bit more and I have a three bits of three pieces of examples but there are many more so definitely go looking for them. head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers Brandon Staley he mentioned that the Chargers want to they want the number five seed. Because they want to avoid the first-round matchup with the big three, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. So that five-seed is important to them. So what can we do with that? How can we use that? Well, if Baltimore wins, then they need to win to get the five-seed. So all of a sudden, all those guys in the Chargers we talked about avoiding, boom, they're in our lineups. We're going to use them because they are going to try to win. They want that five-seed. He told us so in one of his post-game, oh, post-practice statements. Now if Baltimore loses, which they probably are, they're projected to and basically everywhere, um, then we're, they're probably going to pump the brakes on trying to win that game against um, – who do they play this week? I actually do not know. Uh, no, I do. Denver. Denver. Beep, bang, fart. See, if you've been rocking with me all season, you know your boy's brain kind of <sniffs> shuts off every t- every so often. But anyway, let's get back on track. So that's a quote that I took from Brendan Staley, and I think right then and there that helps you game plan for Week 18. Another quote is what Dan Campbell said, head coach of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, 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 detail. Let's go. He said that the intensity of this game will be like a playoff game, regardless if they can make the playoffs or not. They want to show the Green Bay Packers that they are not going anywhere. Dan Campbell is the perfect head coach to kind of put their best foot forward to be that rah-rah guy in the clubhouse. So I am believing in Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Jared Goff, those playmakers on offense because they're going to take it to the Packers on the road. Now, is that a great matchup? That's a separate argument. But here, now trying to game plan through week 18 if guys will play or not, I'm taking that quote and I'm saying to myself, Detroit Lions players are worth playing because Dan Campbell is going to bring them up to speed. He is going to treat this game like it's do or die regardless. And that is what we love. And that is something that we can actually use in our, for our purposes in, in any type of fantasy. So the last thing, that a uh, last quote that I saw, Came from head coach Minnesota Vikings. I teased us a second ago. Kevin O'Connell said that there is a clear cut plan. I wish we would use game plan because that would have proved he's a fan of the show. And shout out to you, Mr. O'Connell. Uh, that that clear cut plan. What that means is that starters will play. He said they'll play, but there is a hard cutoff. They are sticking to their scripted game plan, and backups will get reps. So. Even if you notice that they go down two scores, you're like, "All right, let's go comeback mode." Justin Jefferson, Christian Kirk, let's get it going. Christian Kirk, Kirk Cousins. See the brain, your boy's brain's been a lock season. Everybody's been a lock season, but anyway, that means no matter what, those stars will sit down on the bench at some point. Uh, now, and you might be asking, do you should you go golf or Rodgers? they're both in that matchup. I'm going golf. Give me golf in that matchup because I think that the passing attack will be relied upon whether they're winning or losing, whereas the Packers just love using their running backs, especially when it's cold in Green Bay. They just keep playing great defense and and slowing the game down, and I expect Rodgers to continue to stay under that 20-point mark. So I'm going the upside in golf in that regard. All right, so the last bit of advice – the last little thing I would like to bring up in terms of navigating Week 18 is what players have performance incentives for bonuses. Okay, so uh, I found this graphic on Twitter, so shout-out to DMendio2 on Twitter. Uh, he does some fantasy content, so check him out. But uh, this is where I got this graphic of a bunch of players. And shout-out to my man Jason Alwine for bringing up another one. Uh, so the first one that I want to talk about is Chris Godwin. He needs 32 yards for 1K. Now, that's not necessarily a bonus in his paycheck, but he definitely wants to go over 1,000 yards. So would you use him? Probably not. That's not enough because that also translates. That's also something we're looking at is, is that enough to play that player? The 32 yards from Chris Godwin, I don't think it's enough to play him, but it's an incentive nonetheless. Pat Mahomes, he needs 430 pass yards to set an NFL single season record. That is probably the toughest one in my opinion because he's they, they want him to win MVP. That's how they've played football all year long is let Patrick Mahomes dominate. That's why Jerick McKinnon catches two three-yard passes for touchdowns instead of them pounding it through this Isaiah Pacheco. It's because they want Mahomes getting those touchdowns. They want him getting all of those accolades. So is a 430 passing yards possible? I think it is because I honestly believe that they could sit Travis Kelsey, sit Jarek McKinnon, you know, even sit Juju. And MVS, McCole Hardman will be back, Justin Watson. Those guys, Noah Gray, someone I'll talk about in a second. All of those are possible. That can all happen and Mahomes stay on the field. So if you're setting a tiebreaker for Mahomes and a guy like, I don't know, Tyler uh, Huntley, or should I play him or should I play should I play, you know, Mac Jones in Superflex? You know, he's my backup. He's my third QB. So should I go with him or him? I think at, at those levels, I'm sticking with Mahomes because I think that's something he absolutely goes for. Jamal Williams needs six rushing yards for 250k. He's going to get that. That's not really actionable. The fact that they're going to be playing hard is more actionable than the incentive. Justin Jefferson needs 194 receiving yards for the NFL season record. I do not see them letting him go for 200 because that would mean four straight quarters. And what do we just say? Kevin O'Connell mentioned a clear-cut plan, and I do not see that plan me being that justin jefferson stays in the game the entire time juju smith schuster needs two receiving yards to get 1.5 milli imagine that i think i might even i think i could take myself if we take this joey hankton jersey get to the field catch two yard pass give me that 1.5 milli baby but juju's gonna get that he's not necessarily gonna that doesn't indicate he'll play the entire game or not. so nothing actionable in my opinion but shout out to you juju i really hope you get those two yards because 1.5 milli Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now a couple pair of Jaguars receivers, uh, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. They both need two catches. They both need uh, over ninety yards. So ninety-one for Kirk, ninety-eight receiving yards for Zay Jones to get some pretty nice bonuses. Uh, Kirk's looking for five hundred K, and uh, Zay Jones is looking for five hundred K if he can hit both of those landmarks. So I and they they're looking to win. They're looking to win. So uh, if you're t- if you're a tiebreaker, Zay Jones or. Let me see what, the, what we got. One of the uh, the Chargers guys, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, if Baltimore wins. I mean, Baltimore loses. That's an easy tiebreaker for Zay Jones. So Jay, Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk, they're playing for something, and now they're also playing for performance bonuses. So that's, that's a good thing to see. Cleef uh, Raymond needs seven catches in, or 50 yards total for 250K. Uh, I could see that happening, but that's a lot. That's a lot. If they're looking to win, he hasn't necessarily been that high of a volume performer when they win. Uh, So I don't – I'm not really using that as a – I hope he gets it. I hope all these guys get their performance bonuses. That's freaking awesome. Uh, But I don't think I'm going to use that as a point of tiebreaker or being excited or anything like that. So – uh, Debo Samuel needs 152 rushing yards for 500 k Not going to happen, so don't worry about it. DeAndre Carter needs two receptions, 55 yards for 100 k Absolutely. I'm excited about that. 55 yards, the two receptions, they can kind of manufacture that, but the 55 yards, they will take a couple deep shots at it, whether Herbert plays or not. They will take a couple deep targets to get Carter, who's been a performer when they needed him this season, so absolutely buying into that. Gerald Everett needs five receptions for 250 k Absolutely buying into that. They can manufacture five easy catches for Gerald Everett. So I'm absolutely using him where I, where I see fit, whether it be season long championships or DFS, because I think these five receptions are almost a guarantee uh, given what that 250 K to a guy like that, who's on the second team. Those are the things that kind of boost morale at the end of the season. So absolutely love that. Tyler Higby needs 13 receiving yards. He's, going to get that, and they're probably going to play pretty hard, so I'm playing A-B regardless of that, uh, and now the other two are defensive purposes. We don't really talk defense, even though you know the IDP leagues are getting popular. I hope to get into one soon, but no, we are not talking about those players here. We are going to dive right on into the bargain bin because that wraps up how we some tips, some advice to navigate through the wackiest of Week 18s, but before we get into the bargain bin, I want to talk to you about a platform here. Now, a lot of us had uh, decisions to make regarding our championships or even semis, however it panned out, because, you know, what happened was uh, on Monday Night Football is unprecedented. A lot of people's concern was not with fantasy and shouldn't have been. Uh, it was about uh, rooting for a man to, to pull through in a really scary situation. And so we had decisions to make for fantasy after, after, you know, kind of the dust settled, if you will. Um, and Sleeper, allowed you to, they inserted a button which you can recalibrate the, that matchup. If the NFL decided to play that game, they haven't. They're going to, to leave it as a no contest. But it's the fact that Sleeper put that in there just adds to an adds another reason why Sleeper is the best platform for fantasy sports. I mean fantasy football. Season long, best ball, lineup, dynasty, keeper, doesn't matter. Sleeper supports it all. And it's just such a easy to use easy to operate, clean, smooth looking app that I love. I've taken all my leagues that I can to sleep wrap. It's fantastic. I love it. And they are also offering prop bets for players on your team. That's right. The guys that you know best, which is the guys that you've rostered all season, they are offering prop bets for those players. So if you look at your roster, whether you're, your league's active or not, look at your roster and check out, uh, the little number in there, you'll see an over-under. So, for instance, the passing prop for Jared Goff is 250.5 yards. I'm getting the over on that. We talked about it twice. And if you want to do that for a number of your players and try to make some money, you can actually get a deposit match up to $100. And the only thing you have to do is use the promo code UNDERWORLD. So use our promo code UNDERWORLD and get a deposit match up to $100 so you can play some of those props on Sleeper app now love sleeper shout out to sleeper you guys have the best platform in my opinion so let's do it the last bargain bin segment of 2022 slash 23 i guess is 23 so of the season of the 23 2022 season this is memorable thank you guys so much for rocking me throughout the season whether you came in in week six or week one it doesn't matter i'm happy to have you in the community this has been a dream come true doing a, a, a weekly show on playerprofiler.com. So let's do the last bargain, Ben, of the season. So if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. Ben is really late, but better late than never. Uh, we go two players at each position uh, cheap DFS options, guys who aren't rostered in a whole lot of formats, so guys that you can kind of pick up cheaply and use in Week 18. So the first quarterback I'd like to speak upon is Jared Stidham. They are home against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's 2% rostered in one QB, 32% rostered in Superflex formats. He's 5,400 on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel. Player profile and myself have him ranked inside our top 15 at QB 14. The over-under of 48.5 and, and the fact that the Vegas Raiders are damn near double-digit point dogs at home. Mm, we like that and the Kansas City defense well they're not all that great at stopping opposing quarterbacks they give up plus 3.30 QB points allowed to league average that's the second most advantageous matchup according to that metric they are 21st in past DVOA as a whole according to football outsiders and they've given up 32 passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks that is the most in the NFL this year Jared Seddon came in week 17 and, quite frankly, surprised the living shit out of of me, out of probably everybody, how well he played. He completed 67.6% of his passes for 365 yards. That's 10.7 yards per attempt. Pretty good. He threw for three touchdowns and threw two picks. One of them was not his fault. He played pretty well. He had 28 fantasy points. QB3 on the week. Holy cannoli. And beyond that, he did look good. I mean, he showed poise, patience. Uh, he is not, he is comfortable with Josh McDaniels. He was, uh, they were together in the Patriots uh, a few years ago. So the stadium look good. I and mean, they're going to give him a shot to play this, this game out. Uh, the, I imagine he plays the whole game, barring injury. And if Vegas is right and the Kansas City Chiefs come into town and lay it on them, give him that beat down, give him that double digit lead, come back season, baby. And that's what we love in the bargain bin. Uh, absolutely. So, The next quarterback I'm going to talk about is Sam Howell. Now, it is not a coincidence that I kind of went with the Sam Howell look today. Got the beard, you know, got the hair, kind of frazzled, little little, kind of Baker mayfield ish because I think Sam Howell is a player this week that is worth using. The Commanders are at home against the Dallas Cowboys. He's only 1% rostered in one QB. He is 57% in two QB Superflex, given the more dynasty formats in that, well, format. So he is – rostered in just over half, but still available enough to use. He's only 4,900 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel. Player profile has him at quarterback 21. I got him slightly higher at quarterback 18, nothing crazy. Over under 39.5, not great, but we do like the fact that the Washington Commanders are home dogs by seven points. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, Dallas is playing for something. How long they play hard and stuff, that remains to be seen, but they are coming out to win. So if they put on a little bit of a lead, that's great. For Sam Howell, Sam Howell actually has the highest upside rating amongst quarterbacks on our DFS Dominator Upside Finder. So there is potential there that he can really outscore his his paint where, where he goes in DFS his price. He did throw for 3,000 yards in all three years at UNC and ran for 828 yards in 2021. So he is a bit of a dual threat. He is athletic enough to run the football. Now, in the preseason, he played all three games. He had 164 yards from scrimmage and two rushing touchdowns in the first week, only 138, uh, 35 yards from scrimmage and no touchdowns in second week. But in that third week, he had 342 yards from scrimmage. He was running the ball. He was throwing the ball. He did score a touchdown. So he does look like a guy who's game, who's ready to rock. Cowboys, like I said, they want to win. They do have a chance to win the East, but Philly is playing the Giants, as I mentioned, and the Giants have stated that they will be resting key players, which means if the starters play for the Eagles, just a couple quarters of that game could be out of reach, which means that the Cowboys also still decide to shut it down early, knowing what they could know, you know, just across the way there. Uh, So I could see Sam Howell doing one of two things, playing against a second unit, or if they decide to play long, uh, play the defense for a lot of the time, having a serious comeback effort uh, in a game in which they're projected to lose by a touchdown at home. So I like the fact that Sam Howell can throw, he can run. So in, in a comeback mode in garbage time, that's exactly what we want in the bargain bin, given the fact that he's so cheap and so readily available. I think I'm really ready to go to the well if I need to. The Sam Howell. <laughs> also, a little cherry on top. There's no running backs really that are healthy for Washington. Uh, Brian Robinson's out. Antonio Gibson just had foot surgery. So it might be the Sam Howell show. And the fact that he does have Jahan Dotson, he's got Logan Thomas, he's got Terry McLaurin, he does have good pass catchers. Let's go. Since It's not just because we look alike. Do I? Yeah, maybe. Let, let, let me know in the comments. Do, do, do I look like Sam Howell? All right, let's move on to the running back position. Chase Edmonds is the first guy I'm going to go to. And guess what? I did bring him up last week. Don't care. Going back to the Chase Edmonds well. The Denver Broncos take on the Chargers at home. He's only rostered in 34% of leagues. He's 4,500 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel. Uh, player profile has him at running back 42. I got him at running back 37. The over-under of 37 and a half is not all that exciting. But the fact that Denver is now home favorites could be a could be bought, could be good news for a guy like Chase Edmonds. They've the line has switched after the news of Lamar Jackson not playing. The Ravens more unlikely to lose or more likely to lose has now swung the line in which the Chargers are three point underdogs on the road. And Chase Edmonds let's talk soccer was Week Seventeen. He had ten touches. He had three receptions on three targets. Caught everything that was thrown to him. Seventy three yards from scrimmage, pretty good. That is ten point three fantasy points. Marlon Mack is on the IR and the. The Chargers, especially if they decide to go more second, third unit players, they are not a pretty good matchup for running backs. They give up the third. They are the third most advantageous matchup for pass catching running backs. They've given up uh, the third most receiving touchdowns to running backs uh, in terms of stopping the run. They're 28th in total rush DBOA, according to Football Outsiders, and they give up the second most rushing yards in 2022. Chase Edmonds might be something that the or might be someone that the Broncos want to see what they have in. Javante is going to probably be handled kid gloves as he comes back from a serious knee injury. Maybe they keep Chase Edmonds around to kind of lighten the workload, catch some passes for them next season. And we're hoping that they have a better offensive unit uh, with a new head coach coming in next season and Russell Wilson being the quarterback and the pass catchers being good players. So Chase Edmonds not only is he Worth playing this week, but maybe Dynasty Hope. but we're not really talking about that. We'll talk about Week 18, maybe, and I'm using them in Week 18. The other running back is actually his adversary, the guy he will be playing against the Los Angeles Chargers running back, Josh Kelly. Uh, They are at Denver, 9% rostered, 5,600 on DraftKings, 5,400 on FanDuel, uh, both uh, player profile and myself have him ranked right around running back fifty. But if we could update, if we were playing and updating right after the one o'clock games, which we do not do, I think he would shoot up if Baltimore loses. Or that could—I don't think Echo plays a whole lot. So, like I mentioned, Baltimore losing means the Chargers lock up the fifth seed. And remember what I said. Well, remember what I mentioned. Brandon Staley said in one of his post-practice interviews. Uh, and we know one thing, that Josh Kelly is the primary rusher if Eckler comes out early or sits on entirely. He's had three uh, games in a row in which he's had nine or more carries, and he actually has 30 or more total yards in four straight. Um, does have a double-digit game, does have a touchdown. But if uh, Eckler is out of the picture, I do expect Kelly to get a lot of the workload, which would be great for fantasy purposes. And Denver's rush D, they're 22nd in rush DVOA. So they're not necessarily the best uh, at stopping the opposing running back. So with uh, Eckler limited or out of the picture entirely, give me Josh Kelly. I like Kelly. Let's move on to the wide receivers. The first guy I'd like to talk about was Rashid Shaheed. Uh, the Saints take on the Carolina Panthers. Both teams are eliminated, so I will go about this team like it was Week Seventeen. I think they're both going to play their starters uh, most of the game. Only thirteen percent rostered. He's forty-two hundred on DraftKings, fifty-eight hundred on FanDuel. Myself and Player Profile are lockstep here with Mr. Shahid. We both got him at wide receiver thirty-four. The over under of thirty-nine isn't necessarily super exciting, but it's not bad enough to deter me from using players in this matchup. And the Saints are home favorites by three and a half points pretty close to a pick uh getting those three points at home the last five games for Rashid Shahid have been pretty good he has 3.8 receptions game 68.6 receiving yards per game on 48.6 air yards Uh, so basically what that kind of suggests is he's not just getting a whole bunch of yolo balls they are giving him some high value touches and and he's converting obviously quite well Given the fact these only have about four receptions, he turned them to 70 yards per game over the last five. So that's pretty good. And that's translated to 12 fantasy points a game. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good for a guy who's widely available in most formats. Carolina is also not good against the pass. Uh, they're 27th in overall pass DV away, according to Football Outsiders. And they've given up the fourth most receiving yards in the NFL this year. So I like that for Shahid in Week 18. And let's talk about the projected cornerback that he is looking to face today or I should say this week in week 18 um, is Cameron Dantzler so Cameron Dantzler has a minus 7.3 coverage rating that's 85th in football and um, I I chuckle about this for a quick second because I I like to use Cody Carpentier's cornerback rankings Uh, So I could find some cornerbacks to pick on. And I think we found it here, ladies and gents, because Cody has him ranked at 123rd. He ranks 125 cornerbacks. So he is the third worst corner according to Cody's rankings. So it should be an easy matchup for Rashid Shahid this week. The other wide receiver I'd like to talk about is Greg the Torch Dorch, baby. He is at San Francisco. These only rostered about 7% of leagues. DK has them at 3,800. FanDuel has them at 5,400. Pretty lockstep here. Both of us have them ranked inside our top 45. 44, wide receiver 44 for player profile. Wide receiver 43 for myself. The over-under of 40, again, isn't great, but it's not horrific. But we do like this. The Arizona Cardinals are 14-point dogs on the road. We like that in the bargain bin. San Francisco, of course, will want to win, but Vegas pro- and I think Vegas projects that with their spread. I don't think if uh San Francisco was guaranteed to sit all their starters from a majority of the game, uh the spread would be that high. So we love comeback, mode in the bargain bin. I've said it a million times, especially when the pass catcher is linked to a QB that has nothing to lose. So if David Blow, David Blau is down 15 is down double digits, is down 21, is down a ton of points. We're just going to go start chucking. And I think that Greg Dorch can absolutely benefit from that. He's seen 21 targets over the last two games. And the game with David Blow, I know he only had four catches for 15 yards. It wasn't a good game. But he did get 10 targets last week and 97 air yards. So they were chucking it to him. So if he converts on those 10 targets, he has a better catch rate this week. Boom. Those are the fantasy points we're looking to get cheap. And there is no James Conner. I think they're going to chuck it a lot in Arizona. I do. I do, I do, I do. And I think that Greg Dorch can absolutely benefit from all that chucking it around. So that's uh, why I think that he's a good play in Week 18. Now let's talk about some tight ends. The first tight end was a preseason favorite and became a regular season bust. But you look good last week. I'm talking about Albert Okuebunum. The Denver Broncos, as I mentioned earlier, are at home against the Chargers. He's only thirteen percent rostered. Crazy to know, crazy to think about, given where how much we all loved him going into the season. Most of us, I should say, not everybody, but the fact that he's only thirteen percent rostered truly talks about how the fall off has been real for Mister Aguibunum. DraftKings has him at twenty nine hundred. FanDuel has him at five thousand. Pretty cheap. i uh, play a profile tight end twenty five. I got him at tight end twenty four. So we're both pretty close there. The over-under 37.5 is not good. It's not good at all. But he might be going to get some second-unit players, third-unit players, and that's the reason why he's on this list. And in Week 17, I mentioned it was pretty good for Albert O. 54.5% snap share, 25 routes run. He had six targets, caught three of those bad boys for 45 yards in a tub. He had 13.5 fantasy points, which was good for tight end nine on the week. I like what I saw, all those marks, you know, his snaps, shares, routes, runs, targets. He had not seen numbers like that since week two of the NFL season, so it's good to see. And like I said, the Chargers may have the fifth seed locked up uh, by kickoff, which means resting players will start a whole lot earlier than if uh, the Baltimore Ravens win that game. So if they know that, it's going to make a softer matchup for Aguri Boonum. If the Chargers sit. And I think that's pretty likely. And the coach, uh, the interim coach of the Broncos, made some pretty positive remarks regarding Albedo. Uh, so I think that between his excitement of what he's seen in practice and on the field and uh, Denver wants to see what they have, you know, in general in terms of the player, I think we could see some O. this week. And I like what we saw last week. The usage was there. So give me some O. again in Week 18. Now, this next player is a pure fuck it play. Okay. It is for the insanely desperate or the super cheap piece in DFS. If you want to get crazy in your tight end position or whatever, this is the ultimate play here in that regard. I'm talking about Noah Gray. Who? Noah Gray, tight end from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are at Vegas. He is not owned. He's on roster like anywhere. Twenty five hundred on DraftKings, forty five hundred on Fanduel. Kansas City will want to win. We mentioned it earlier in the show, but the starters may not play the entire game. Given the spread, if Vegas is right and they are out on double digits and they're killing the Raiders, guys like Travis Kelsey, I think Jack McKinnon, Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe even Pat Mahomes, if they, if he says, I don't care about that performance bonus, I don't care about that single season record, those guys consider early. And, and Noah Gray, he's going to play. So, he has a pretty sneaky snap share. I'm going to say this and some of you might be pretty surprised. Noah Gray sneakily has a 49.4% snap share on the season. So he's playing about half the time anyway. In fifty per, He has a 50% or better snap share in seven of their last 10. So recently, he's getting about 50% of snaps. He has multiple targets in 11 games this season. That's all with a healthy Travis Kelsey. I know you might be saying, who cares about multiple targets? That could be just two targets. The fact that he's getting love and he's getting touches and he's getting opportunities with the greatest tight end of our generation playing. Now imagine if he sits. All of a sudden, those snaps go up. His targets go up, and he's been a very good performer. He's looked good. He has the trust of Mahomes. So if Mahomes is still in the game, trying to get that single-season record, I absolutely think Noah Gray could be a part of that plan. And let's talk about Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders is the fifth-best matchup for opposing tight ends. They give up nearly six points to tight ends than league average. So they are a very advantageous matchup to take care of. And I think Noah Gray is someone to play if you're uber-desperate or you want to get that crazy DFS variance in there. So let's recap the bargain bin for week 18, the final one of this season. Let's go. I can't believe we made it the whole season, guys. Let's go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Quarterback, Jared Stidham, Sam Howell. Running back, Chase Edmonds, Josh Kelly. Receivers, Rashid Shaheed and Greg Dorch. Tight ends, Albert Akoi Boonum and Noah Gray. So your homework assignment for this week, it's easy. Just, you know, from me to you, just want to pull my heart out a little bit. Don't hesitate to tell your friends, your family, the people that are in your inner circle that you're thinking about them. Don't wait for tomorrow. If you're feeling like, hey, man, I haven't talked to my friend so-and-so in weeks, I'm thinking about them. Give him a text. Give them a call. Shoot them an email, whatever. Just let your friends know. Let your family know you're thinking about them. Let them know you love them because you never know what tomorrow holds. So that's your homework assignment. Pretty easy. Just make sure that you don't you don't wait. If you're thinking about someone, let them know. If you, think, if you want to tell someone you love them, let them know now. Because you gotta, you gotta do it while you can. You gotta live by the, live for the moment and just, you know, truly appreciate every given moment that we have on this planet and with people that we love. So, you know, don't hesitate. Go ahead and do that. And my final thought, or I should actually say, it's my final announcement for the show is next week. So next week's show, we're going to do kind of a a recap show. We're going to take some inventory, what we've learned, how we can use that in future game planning, things of that nature. And then after that, it's, it's kind of up in the air and what the game plan will be in the off season. I'm thinking it will be a dynasty centric show, but, I want to hear from, hear from you guys, hear from the listeners, hear from the people that hang out every single Saturday. What do you want from the game playing in the offseason? Do you want it to be a weekly show? Do you want guests? Do you want it to be bi-weekly, monthly, however it goes? Whatever you guys want, I'll do. I am in it, and I think player profile is, is – is, is, Going to back me on it? I hope so. We'll see what ends up happening in the offseason, but I'm hoping I can continue the game plan. So if you want to see it weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is, if you want to see guests, let me know in the comments. Reach out to me on TikTok or on Twitter. Reach, to, reach out to me on, on you, the YouTube comments, wherever you, you find to get this show, wherever you want to talk to me on the Discord, wherever. Let us know what you want to see the game plan in the offseason. I'm definitely thinking Dynasty, but the rest, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. We'll figure it out. So that's the announcement, that's the homework, that's the show, that is episode 18 in the bag, I can't believe it, 18 of these, this is freaking awesome, please subscribe to the Player Profilers YouTube channel if you're not already, and while you're there, smash that like button, follow me on Twitter, I'm at MattyKewoom, I have articles that come out on PlayerProfile.com, I do trade gods with my man Jason Allwine, we are live every Thursday, Uh, and then I'm looking to just... Make some different content in the offseason for articles, videos, all that good stuff. So you can find me. I'm on TikTok at uh, profiler underscore NFL. Got TikToks coming out throughout the week. So rock with me there. So that's the episode. That is basically the 2022 season wrapped up. Keep game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.